Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellas and girls, every day the city, state, and national offices of civilian defense organizations are swamped with letters from young people like yourselves. And most of these letters ask, what can I do, what part can I take in the national war effort? The writers of these letters are all too young to join the United States Armed Forces or any of the numerous home defense groups. And yet they ask, isn't there something we can do? Some of you listening now are no doubt among those who have written these letters. And I'll bet many of you who have not written have thought the same thing. Well, the answer is a very simple one, and here it is. You can do your part in civilian defense, You can help to win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. How does that help, you ask? How can my dime or 20 or 40 or 50 cents help to win this war? That's easy, too. For instance, your dime, just 10 cents, will buy five 45 caliber bullets that can be used by our soldiers, sailors, or Marines to knock five Japs or five Nazis out of commission. And believe me, it's going to take an awful lot of those bullets to knock them all out and win the war. Another thing... 50 cents, which represents 5 10 cent or 2 25 cent war saving stamps, will buy enough fuel oil to bring one of our destroyers a full mile closer to the Jap fleet in the Solomon Islands. And you know what happens when our Navy gets close enough to turn on the heat. And here's one more thing for you to think over. If every fellow and girl in the United States bought at least 5 10 cent war saving stamps every day, the amount of money they'd lend to the government would buy enough fighter planes and bombers to blast Hitler's Luftwaffe right out of the air. So remember that each and every dime is important, that buying war-saving stamps is a very important way to help win this war. So keep in mind this slogan. Repeat it often to your family and friends. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman in the guise of Clark Kent Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, Lois Lane, and young Jimmy Olsen are now in the Canadian North Woods on their way to the hunting lodge of Sebastian Beauvais, an old friend of Perry White's, who is in trouble and needs them. Also making the trip is a man who calls himself Niles Graham, but whose true identity, that of the Laugher, is known to Clark Kent. Graham, or the Laugher, although he has met Superman, is not aware that Kent and the Man of Steel are one and the same person even though he suspects he has seen Kent somewhere before. As our last episode ended, 
Our friends were encamped in the thick of the Canadian wilderness while a tremendous hailstorm raged through the woods. Quartered in the same tent, Kent and the Laffer were just falling to sleep. And suddenly, a tremendous tree broken by the force of the storm snapped and started to crash down on the flimsy canvas shelter. Piercing the canvas of the tent with his X-ray vision, Superman sees the huge tree crashing straight down on him and the Laffer. Suddenly, he throws himself across the fat man's body, embracing himself, receives the full weight of the falling tree across his back. Uh, there. Half smothered, and not knowing that the body of Superman is forming a bridge over his own, the laugher cries out, Kent, what's happened? I can't see. The tanks caved in us. Kent! There's only one thing to do. What? Uh, what? That sounded like... No, it's impossible. Superman couldn't be up here. Oh, couldn't I, my fat friend? Well, I am... I just had to put Clark Kent to sleep temporarily, and I'm afraid I'll have to do the same with you. Why? What's the reason for anything? There. That's that. Now to get this tree off us. Evil. There we are. Better put this tent back up, too. Fortunately, there isn't much damage. So, I'll just set this oil lamp right again. Oh, our fat friend is coming, too. He'll probably ask a hundred questions about Superman. Well, I know all the answers, and he's welcome to them, every one. And you say, Mr. White, that you have never seen this creature known as Superman? No, I've been close to him, Mr. Graham, but I've never actually seen him. I believe Jimmy Olsen and Lois have, though. Uh, how about it, Jimmy? Oh, sure, lots of times. Golly, if it weren't for Superman, I wouldn't be here now. He saved my life and Lois's and Mr. Kent's hundreds of times. Isn't that so, Mr. Kent? Certainly is, Jim. <laughs> An unbroken record, eh? Do you suppose you'll ever slip up so far as saving people is concerned? Oh, I hope not. Well, what you say, Mr. Graham, he must have saved your life when that tree crashed. Though it's certainly beyond me what Superman is doing up here in the Canadian North Woods. Well, Superman always seems to be wherever Mr. Kent and Miss Lane and I happen to be. I've never been able to figure out why. Have you, Miss Lane? Now, don't disturb Lois, Jim. She's riding up ahead there with her eyes glued to the scenery. Tonight, around a fire at the hunting lodge, she'll start telling us about all the beauties of nature. And speaking of the hunting lodge, uh, Guide, uh, how long before we reach the hunting lodge? Soon. Not far, monsieur. <laughs> He's been saying that all morning. Strange, but I can't seem to get this Superman out of my mind. Does he worry you, Mr. Graham? Why should he, Mr. Kent? I'm sure I don't know. I just noticed that every time you mention Superman, you get a sort of baffled look in your eyes. You misread the signs, Mr. Kent. What you see is not bafflement, but interest. Oh, I see. By the way, Superman must have hit you very lightly last night. I've got a badly swollen jaw... Yet yours is perfectly normal. Can you account for that? If I felt there was any reason why I should make an accounting to you, Mr. Graham, I might. As it is, I'm not interested. Hey, hey, you two, stop quarreling. You haven't said a civil word to each other all morning. <laughs> Mr. Kent and I seem always to have differences of opinion. Nothing serious, however. <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Kent and I will get to know each other better. Yes, I'm sure we will. Say, look off there through the trees. Isn't that a house? Uh-huh. I see it, too. Is that Sebastian Beauvais' hunting lodge, Mr. White? It certainly is, Jimmy. We've arrived at last. <coughs> and there's old Sebastian himself. Get up there, horse. Get up. 
There's Sebastian. Sebastian, you old coat, we're here. We've arrived at last. Get up there, horse. Get going. Get going. There. I put more log on fire. It's cold night. Now it's men sit and make big talk. Well, the first thing I'd like to know is... Will you be quiet? Sebastian said we men would sit and talk. That automatically leaves you out. Oh, no, no, Perry. Young Jimmy is a man, too. Little man, but still a man. Well, I'm really only a kid, I guess, but gosh, I like to be on things, too. Maybe. You shall be. Yeah. Fire crackled good. And now, Sebastian, why have you brought us all the way up here into this wilderness? Uh, well... We've been here three hours now, and every time we mention the reason why you sent that letter, you put us off. You really owe it to us to give us some sort of explanation. I've been worried, Sebastian. I knew you wouldn't have enclosed in your letter that ring I gave you years ago unless you found yourself in some sort of trouble you couldn't handle. Now, come on, what is it? Why did you send for me? Well, the truth is, I do not know. What? You don't know Over here, we travel nearly a thousand miles by plane and horseback up here into the Hudson Bay region, and when finally you do decide to answer our questions, all you do is to take that stump pipe out of your mouth and say you don't know why you sent for us. That is the truth, Perry. I don't know. Or I should say I know, but I cannot tell you. Well, why not? You would not believe me. Well, of course we'll believe you. You certainly wouldn't have had Mr. White make this trip without good cause. No, but it is not my cause. It, 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 it is not his. It is the reason of a superstitious woodman like myself, not a city man like Perry White. And, and I do not know. Well, I do know. You'll either tell us why you got us up here that Perry or this fine friendship of ours ends right here and no, now. No, 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 Perry. Don't bury me. I demand to know what trouble you're in, Sebastian. Hello. Then I will tell you. Listen. The Wendiga. The what? The Wendiga. The werewolf. Now I tell you, for a few minutes when the Wendigo howled three times, then you will see for yourself. Say what? The headless Indian. The headless Indian? Yeah. The headless Indian. Now, Sebastian, don't tell me you've fallen for that old legend. What legend is that, Mr. White? Well, there's a legend in these parts that those who were about to die see a headless Indian riding through the night. Oh, how can he be seen in the night? He glowed like he's on fire. You say you've seen this, this apparition? Well... I see it twice. And now tonight I will see it, I think, three times. Well, if you've seen it twice and are still alive, that ought to be proof enough that there's nothing to worry about. You forget the legend, Perry. One dies when one has seen the Indian for the third time. Listen. He went to howl again. When he told for the third time, the headless Indian will appear on the ridge. And tomorrow or soon after, I, Sebastian Beauvais... We'll be dead. No, 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 no. Don't talk like that, Sebastian. Now that we're here, we'll see that no harm comes to you. Uh, but we'll see that plenty of harm comes to that headless Indian and the Wendigo. Ah, uh, it would do no good to kill the Wendigo. Or the Indian would still appear. Besides, you would need a silver bullet to kill the werewolf. Oh, I'll kill it with my bare hands if I can get hold of it. Listen. The wind is beginning to blow. It's sure sign. Soon the wolf will howl again. Then for the third time, the headless Indian will be seen and earth. You, you can hear him, too? Ah, oui, Jimmy, oui. You will hear. It is a sound I cannot describe. Ah, this is fantastic. 
The legend of the headless Indian come to life. <laughs> the Wendigo crying in the wilderness. Oh, it's ridiculous. You would see, mon ami, and you will leave. Even if I do see it and hear it, I won't believe it. But I believe that I will die. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You die if you see the headless Indian three times. Oui. And you've already seen him twice? Oui. Well, then, just don't go near that window when the headless Indian rides across the ridge. I cannot help myself. When I hear the cry of the Indian, I'm forced to go to the window. I cannot stop myself. Oh, then we'll do the stop. Ah. The Wendigo howl for the third time. In less than a minute, we will hear the headless Indian as he gallop with the wind across. Wait. Listen. You hear it? That is the cry. I must go to the window. I must watch. Chief, grab it. You're staying here, Sebastian. No. Let me go. You cannot save me. I must go to the window. Let me go, Barry. Great jumping Jiminy, Mr. Kent. Look. Look out the window. Yes, I see. A flaming, headless Indian riding across the ridge. Standing at the window, Jimmy and Kent are transfixed as they witness the wild ride of the strange apparition across the windswept ridge. The headless Indian bathed in an eerie light. How much truth is there in the legend of the Wendiga, the werewolf, and the headless Indian? Is it a legend, or is death due to strike Sebastian Beauvais? Don't miss a single word of Monday's thrill-packed episode, and listen to this exciting story every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Well, there goes Superman until Monday. Meanwhile, don't let the weekend go by without buying your share of war-saving stamps. And remember what I told you at the beginning of this program, you fellows and girls who are too young to join the armed forces or any of the national defense organizations. You can do your part, you can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. So let's make a pledge right now to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Talk it over tonight with Mother and Dad. Ask them to give you a dime every day or even every other day for war-saving stamps. And then buy some extra ones out of your regular weekly allowance. Get your friends to buy stamps, too. Or better yet, why not organize a war-saving stamp club right on your block or in your neighborhood? Make this your club slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.